Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. Praise God, church. Let me invite you to stand up for our statement of faith. The statement of faith says, I am a winner and not a loser. I am a victor and not a victim. I have changed my mind and my attitude to reflect what God says about me. My faith is built on God's word. I can do all that God says I can do. Nothing is impossible from this moment on. For I am a new breed, a new kind, a remnant, and I am after my purpose. Amen. Give me Ruth. Give me Ruth. Give me Ruth. Not, not, not Ruth. Not a second wife. I only have one wife, like the former president Kibaki. So in the days when the judges ruled, the book of Ruth 1-1, one, one, we can read together. We are just going to read from 1 to 10 because today my focus is back on verse 1. So I know we got to verse 20. But by the leading of the Holy Spirit, I have been instructed to go back to verse 1. So let's do verse 1 last time. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went for a while to live in the country of Moab. Or Moab. The man's name was Elimelech, his wife's name was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Mahlon and Kilion. They were Ephratites, men from the land of Ephraim, from Bethlehem in Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. You can cut it off there. You can cut it off there. For those who have been coming, we've been reading the book of Ruth. So I want to imagine that you understand the story. Okay, let me continue a bit. There's actually something else I need to capture. Continue. Sorry, Victor. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. Where? In Moab. And she was left with who? Her two sons. They married Moabite women. One named Orpah and the other named Ruth. After they had lived there, where? Moab for about 10 years. Both Malon and Kilion also died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Both Malon and Kilion died. And Naomi was left without her two sons and husband. You may have your seats. Now, I have been led by God, the Holy Spirit, to to reflect on various aspects of this story. And today I would like us to reflect on the death of Marlon and Kilion. On the tragedy of the death of Marlon and Kilion. Now the book of Ruth is set in the times of judges. It is set in the time of the judges. Now the time of the judges is the time when God decided that he was not going to be a theocracy. Do you know what a theocracy is? A theocracy is where every decision that you make is determined by God. I know you guys are 
Democrats, or you have a semblance of democracy in this country, right? I know there are guys here who will vote for Azimio. I know there are people who will vote for UDA. And then Kunawatu Awajakoya, the fifth, who are in this sanctuary. That is what democracy provides for you. Now, God was a theocracy. God used to make all decisions for the people of Israel. So the book of Judges, the story of the book of Judges, it is the time when God decided to stop being a theocracy. God now allowed that those who wanted to be under the rule of God shall stay under the rule of God. That those who wanted to stay in Bethlehem in Judea shall stay in Bethlehem in Judea. And those who wanted to walk away from the place of God's provision and God's leading and God's dictation and God's slavery, God allowed them to walk away. Now, one of the tragedies we see as written by the prophet Samuel in the book of Ruth is a tragedy of a man called Elimelech who decided to walk away from the theocracy of God in pursuit of bread. And he went to Moab and we are told that the Moabites were worshippers of idols. So the gods of Moab was not the God of Israel. It was a place of a man who had left the shepherding of the true shepherd. That is Jesus. Now there is one statement as a man of God and a pastor that we have misused. And that is a statement that it is the will of God, especially when it comes to death. We have gone to burials where we know that the death of this person was because of their carelessness and we have declared that this death is the will of God. Let me bring to you today, and I will back it with scripture, that not all death is caused by God. That not all death is the will of God. Now think about this. I told you last time to go and read about the story of, uh, what is the name of this king? Manasseh. You remember the story of Manasseh? One of the things that he said about Manasseh is that during his time, before God redeemed him, they would offer children as sacrifice on the value of Ben-Hinnon to false gods. So if all death was caused by God, are you trying to say that God created these children in his image so that they would be offered as sacrifices to idols? Not all death is caused by God. Now there are three types of death according to me and according to what the spirit of God has revealed to me. Now there are those who die in the will of God. There are those who die under the shepherding of God. There are those who die under the shepherding of the true shepherd that is Jesus. And the Bible says these ones they enter into their rest. And God gives us specific instructions that when you go to the burial of this one, mourn like those who have Hope, because the man has not died. The man has entered into his rest. Now, one of the things that God did, Jesus did when he died on the cross, he removed the sting of death. Death was supposed to be a double blow. It was supposed to separate you from your body and separate you from God eternally. Now, what God has done is God has put a wedge in between. So, it separates you from your body, but it unites you with your God. If you are in Bethlehem, in Judah. God tells us in Thessalonians that when you come to your funeral, we should have a good time. We should cry as we laugh. We should mourn as we party. We should remember because you have died under the shepherding of the true shepherd. That is Jesus. Now there is another group 
that dies. This is the second group. So remember that first group. The second group are those who ideally are supposed to be under the shepherding of the true shepherd but have walked away and have been enticed by Moab. These are believers who have walked away from the theocracy of God and have been enticed by the bread in Moab. Now I believe that there is hope for these ones. Paul says that they will make it to heaven even by the skin of their teeth but there will be no works to follow them because in their life on earth they did not participate in the will and the work of the true shepherd. So I believe that God in his grace allows these ones also to enjoy eternity, but their experience will be different. While these ones are enjoying crowns of glory, while these ones are being welcomed to celebration and atonement, these ones are just being welcomed to enjoy the presence of God. Now, there's a third group of people. These are the non-believers, those who live their lives in Moab. If you're an unbeliever, you live your life in Moab. You are under the power of the Moabite gods. Remember, I told you that God is not playing ping-pong with your life. When you are an unbeliever and you're in Moab, the devil is playing ping-pong with your life. When he's looking for sacrifices for Ben-Hinon, it is you or your children. Because you are not under the shepherding of the true shepherd. The true shepherd shepherds those who are submitted to him. He shepherds those who are in Bethlehem in Judah. Now I believe that the death of Malon and Kilon could be avoided. The death of Malon and Kilon could be avoided. Because not all death is caused by God. Let me back it up. John 10.10 10. Three things that God describes the enemy as. As one who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. What does he come to do? Kill, steal, and destroy. Now, there is another description that Jesus gives of the enemy in John chapter 8. I would like you to give me John chapter 8 verse 44. Steal, kill, and destroy. Give me John 8 44. Now, now, let me give you the context. Jesus was uh, somewhere teaching. Jesus was somewhere teaching and then there were Jews and Pharisees who rose up to oppose him. Because he says that if you believe my words, you will become my disciples, you shall know the truth and the truth shall shelter you free. That text is in John chapter 8. Now, those who opposed him later, Jesus comes and describes them as those who belong to who? Their father, the devil. And he says, because you want to carry out your father's desires. He says, he was what? A murderer. He was what? A murderer from the beginning. Not holding on to the truth, for there is no truth in him. He says, when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when, when God says in, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, he says, be... Give me first Peter 5 8. Be alert. Be alert. Let me let me just wait for it so that we can read it together. First Peter 5 8. Okay. Be self-controlled and alert. Be self-controlled and alert. It says your enemy who? The devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Now, I don't know what lions you have seen. The problem is most of us have seen lion in animal orphanage. 
You've seen those lions that eat biscuits, that play with children. You know, there's like a guard who goes and puts their hand in the lion's mouth, and the lion just nibbles the hand. You need to see a wild lion in the Mara. The lion does not play with its food. The lion does not play with the prey. The lion's desire is to destroy the prey, is to kill. So this lion is a murderer. This lion's intent is to kill. So the enemy's intent in the lives of men is to kill. Now the instruction in 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8 is be self-controlled and alert. Let me focus on the word alert. I can translate it to you in, a, in Hebrew. It's called karada. It's called karada. So I don't know whether you understand what karada, karada is. Now, when growing up in Eastlands, in Umoja, we, were, we used to fight. We looked forward to fighting. See, the way you look forward to church, we look forward to fighting every Saturday. It was called Goko. So you would pick a school, you would go to that school and fight that school for no reason. Yeah, just to beat people. There was a joy in beating other people. So now, one of the rules that you were trained, we had a, a trainer called Kush. Kush used to train us that make sure that you attack your enemy when your enemy is not alert. So you could be 50 kilos and your enemy is 180 kilos. But as long as your enemy is not alert, if you strike the first blow, there is a chance that you might defeat your enemy. So the enemy knows how to find you when you are not alert. The enemy knows how to find you when you have been enticed by Moab. You could be stronger than he is, but you are not alert. And he is looking for that opportunity to give you that headbutt so that he has a head start in this fight. We have an enemy who is looking to destroy you. Now, one of the sad things about the enemy that we have is he does not play by the rules. He does not play by the rules. You know there are rules of war. Do you know that there are rules of war? So you come to countries, maybe Russia, Ukraine, Kenya, Uganda, whichever countries are in war, there are usually rules of war. There are rules that say, okay, men kill other men, but do not kill the women and the children. Them you take into captivity and slavery. You notice that most of the time when the people of Israel would raid a town, they would take the women and the children as slaves. The enemy does not care about women and children. He does not play by the rules. That is why every false god that was under demonic power used to act for child sacrifice. Do you know how precious and cute your children are? The enemy wants to kill them. The enemy wants to receive them as sacrifice. The enemy wants to destroy them. He has no shame. He does not play by the rules. He is a lion that devours both the old and the young. He is looking forward to the day that Elimelech shall walk away from the theocracy of God. And he will not just destroy Elimelech. He will destroy Elimelech and his children. He wants both you. He wants both Malon. He wants both Kilon. He has no rules. You know when, 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 when Jesus describes the devil in John 8, 44 as a murderer. Now you need to understand a murderer. There, there are many types of criminals. Now 
Today, if you walked out of there and you found a guy dead, for example, I'm sorry for these gross examples, but they're in context of what we're talking about today. And you look at the guy, and he looked like me. He was well-dressed, but he has lost a watch. <laughs> he has lost some shoes, but he has also lost his life. You would say, okay, this thief's interest was not to kill the man. This thief wanted the watch and the shoes, and the man resisted. So the thief had to kill so that they would get the watch and the shoes. Now, if you walked out and you found a naked, homeless, drunk man who has lost hope in life and they have been murdered, you would wonder, I mean, who would waste your time? Why would you take your knife, your poison, your bullet and come and kill someone without getting any benefit in return? The enemy is this kind of criminal. He murders for sport. He does not murder to gain anything. A murderer is a, is a criminal who gets a kick out of killing, who gets a kick out of taking the life of men. Now all men in all three categories have an enemy. We who are under the shepherding of God, we have an enemy. Those who have left the shepherding of God, they have an enemy. Those who are in Moab, all their lives they have an enemy. He is looking to kill. He is looking to steal. He is looking to destroy. He wants to kill both Enimelech. He wants to kill Marlon. He wants to kill Kilon. Now thanks be to God that we who are under the shepherding of God have the true shepherd. We have the ultimate warrior. In John chapter 10, this is what Jesus declares about you. He says, I am not a hired hand who will run away when the enemy comes for you. I will stand, I will fight, and I will defeat the enemy for you. So the comfort, the courage that we who are under the theocracy of God have is that we have one who fights for us. Though the enemy is a lion and we are sheep, we are under the shepherding of the good shepherd. Though the enemy is a wolf and we are sheep, we are endued with the presence of God, the presence of the good shepherd lives, dwells, and abides in us in the form of the Holy Spirit. And today I'd like to declare to you as a child of God, as that person who has stayed in the will of God, that you have one who fights for you, that you have one who defends you, that you have one who is determined to make sure that the enemy doesn't destroy you and your children who have one who wants to change the legacy of your life and remove every imprint of evil in it because God wants to secure your future. God wants to remove everything that the enemy has done in the life of those who are submitted to him to secure and change their future. Now in, uh, in Matthew, I believe it's Matthew chapter 9 verse 35, Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35, Jesus shows us an example of how he went about his ministry. He says he went through the towns and the villages. I'd like you to focus on the things that he did. He did, what did he do? Teaching, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. Do you know what Jesus was doing when he was healing every disease and sickness? He was removing the imprint of evil in the lives of people. 
Now, for most of us, the Great Commission stops at preaching the good news of the kingdom. But there is also a charge that God gives the believer and God does through the believer of dealing with the imprint of evil. God wants to deal with the imprint of evil. That's why in Isaiah 61, look at what Christ says in Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. The day you got born again, that spirit of the sovereign Lord came upon you. And what does he do? He says, he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. Does it stop there? For most of us, it stops there. He has anointed you to preach the good news to the poor. But God continues to say, to bind the brokenhearted. Who broke their heart? The enemy. To set the captives free. Who put them in prison? The enemy. Captives to addiction. Captives to depression. To set the captives free. Who put them in captivity? The enemy. The enemy is at work in the lives of men. But God is at work through the men who have submitted themselves to him. Now church, I'd like to pronounce to you today that as Rivers Church, God has called us to be the agents through which he shall push back the works of the enemy. God wants to push back the work of the enemy in your life. God wants to push back the work of the enemy in your family through you. God wants to push back the work of the enemy in this nation through you. We are the solution to the evil that is bedeviling this country. If believers arise, there will be no post-election violence because we are the sons of God. If we manifest in the truth of what God has made us to be, then the enemy shall not have a free reign in our lives. He shall not have a free reign in the lives of our family members. He shall not have a free reign in our nation. God has called us to push back so that Marlon and Kilon do not have to die. This country has believers. Therefore, Marlon and Kilon do not have to die. God wants to use you to push back the works of the enemy. Give me Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19. Ephesians 1, 19. Ephesians 1, 19. And, uh, okay, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Give me from 18. Give me from 18. He says, I pray also, this is a prayer that Paul makes for the church of Ephesus and for us, that the eyes of your heart might be enlightened. So this is my prayer for you today as I finish. That the eyes of your heart might be enlightened in order that you may know, one, the hope to which you have been called to, the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints, but my focus today is 19, which says, and his incomparably great power, his incomparably great power to push back against the work of the enemy, his incomparably great power to go to the world and be agents through which men shall be set free from captivity, his incomparably great power available for us who believe his incomparably great power to make sure that in this generation, Marlon and Kilon shall not die in our watch because we will stand to do that that God has called us to do as Rivers Church and that is to push back the work of the 
enemy. He says his power is like the working of his mighty strength. This power is like the working of his mighty strength. Continues to say that this power is the same power that raised Christ from the dead. So there is power that is domiciled in the interest of you. There is power that is domiciled in the inside of you. The purpose of this power is because God wants you to push back against the works of the enemy on earth. The hope for the people who are in Moab lies in the people who are under the theocracy of God. The hope of those who have strayed from the theocracy of God lies in the hands of us who are under the shepherding of Jesus. We have power. We are the ones who can push back against the enemy. Now the problem with the modern day Christian, and this I rebuke also to myself, is that we have reduced the power of God to be one that is interested in bringing us just bread. God has called you for bigger things than bread. Sometimes the focus on bread is what doesn't allow you to see the greater mandate that God has placed upon your life. God has a greater commission to you than pursuit of bread. Your life cannot just be for the pursuit of bread. If you limit your life to the pursuit of bread, you allow the enemy to entice you to Moab, to entice you to things that are not of God. Your life is bigger than the pursuit of bread. Let me give you a testimony or two. 2009, and my brothers can testify about this because I was with Pastor Stan and Pastor Doc. There was a phenomenon in Nairobi. Pornography had been translated to local languages. So you would walk on Kenyatta Avenue and you would see 150 shillings to buy porn in Kikuyu, Kikamba, Kimeru, Kisomali. And they would introduce a new form of pornography the next week. New release, we have born in Kinjemps. <laughs> they were going for greater and greater languages. Wickedness had dominated the city of Nairobi. I remember at a time when the University of Nairobi, prostitutes would line up from the gate of the university all the way to Holy Family Basilica, outside of a church. And this would disturb us. So there was a brother we have called Francis Veto who had a righteous indignation. Do you know what a righteous indignation is? It's a holy anger. It's when you're disturbed about the free reign that the enemy has on this world and you decide to do something about it. So Francis Veto gathered us into a prayer group and would pray against it. And you would push back against the work of darkness. And you'd be like, devil, you are not taking over our city. He was so radical, he would go at night to remove the posters. So when they placed... He was behind them removing. When they placed, he was behind them removing. We prayed and fasted. And by the time the year had ended, I tell you before God, there were no prostitutes on Koenange Street. There was no poster on Kenyatta Avenue because of a man called Francis Veto who decided that the commission that God has placed upon him is bigger than bread. And he decided to push back against the work of darkness in the city. And God honored his faith. Rivers Church, God has called us to raise you to be people that shall conquer mountains for him. God has called us to raise you to a greater commission than bread. There are men in this sanctuary and women who shall push back against corruption. There are men in this sanctuary who shall push back against witchcraft. 
There are men in this sanctuary and women in this sanctuary who shall push back against every wile of the enemy so that Marlon and King Lonman not have to die. God has sent you to be a blessing to this generation. Today God is using me to tell you to arise and take up your place as a child of God and push back against the schemes of the enemy. Push back. Push back, church. Push back. Push back. Now it's interesting that some of us are wondering, and I can feel it in my spirit, I am under the shepherding of God, but I am experiencing oppression from the enemy. That is not, that's not supposed to happen. You are not supposed to be under the shepherding of God and experience oppression from the enemy. You need to believe that you are what God has made you to be. And that you have what God has given you. And you need to exercise it in your life. Do not allow the enemy to oppress you. Do not allow the enemy to oppress your family. Do not allow the enemy to go after your children. He has raised up ideologies and he wants to cut off your children from the inheritance of your faith, which is their right. He's trying to make them join LGBTQRSQPN communities. Today we are going to cut off that thread and we are going to rescue the lives of our children. We are going to push back in prayer. We are going to push back by the power that is resident in us by virtue of the Holy Spirit living in us. Is there someone who wants to push back today against the works of the enemy? Is there someone who wants to push back against the work of the enemy? Let me invite us to stand and push. Push back as one who knows that God dwells in you. Push back as one who knows that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Push back as one who knows that your shepherd will not abandon you. He will not run away when the wolf comes for your life and for your children and for your nation because he is a true shepherd. He is not a hired hand. Push back as one who knows that the power that raised Christ from the dead is resident in the inside of you. Push back against the wiles of the enemy. Are you here? Push back and just open your mouth and push back and speak to your father. I pray that the Holy Spirit shall enlighten you about the area that he wants you to push back in. Holy Spirit, enlighten your children about the areas that you want them to push back in. Come on, push, 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 push back. Come on, push back against the works of the enemy. Enemy, you shall not cut off our children. Pray for your children, fathers and mothers. You shall not cut off your children. First uh, Corinthians chapter 7 declares that they are children of faith, that it is their heritage to inherit your faith. Psalms 103 says that from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with them and that fear him and his understanding with their children's children. This righteousness is meant to be for your children's children. Do not let the enemy try to cut them off. Come on, just pray. Pray for yourself. Pray for someone that God has impressed in your heart. Pray for a mountain that God has called you to. Some of you, God has called you to the mountain of politics to push back the evil. Some of you, God has called you to the mountain of development, technology, to push back the evil. We shall stand. We shall arise. We shall be the ones that give solutions to this nation. Because we are the ones that are under the theocracy of God. We are the ones that are endued by the power of the Holy Ghost. 
Come on, come on, push, push. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Father, we push back. We push back today. We push back today. We declare that Malon and Kilon shall not die under our watch. That, Lord, we shall be faithful to the charge that you have given us. That we shall execute the commission with the power that is resident in the inside of us. That the enemy shall not have a free reign where we are. Because, Lord, where we step, we shall step in with your power. 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 Oh, Holy Spirit of God, I pray that may you feel your children today. Feel your children today so that they may experience the fullness of your power. Enlighten us, Lord, about the commission that you have given us. Lord, we are the solutions to the ills of this world because we are the ones that are under your shepherding. We are the ones that have your power. Lord, shed light into our hearts today about the areas of commission that you have called us unto. Shed light into our hearts today, oh God, about the areas of commission that you have called us unto. Lord, you have called us unto more than bread. For those who are in law, God has called you to push back against iniquity in this land, to make a way for the gospel. Jesus, you have called us for more than bread. Oh Lord. May the Lord bring into your remembrance a loved one who you need to push back for. Push back for your brother. Push back for your mother. Push back for patterns in your family that you know that are not of God. There are patterns in your family that you know that are not of God. There are patterns in your family that you know that are not of God. There is joblessness in your family. There is disease. They tell you at hospital that it is hereditary. Today we are cutting off that stream in the name of Jesus. The enemy does not have a free reign in your life. Some of you come from backgrounds that practice witchcraft. From this day onward, God is raising bishops in your genealogy. Men that shall stand for God. Come on, push back. Push back. The enemy shall not have a free reign in your life. Lord, we are pushing back today against the wiles of the evil one. We declare, Lord, that in our time, in our generation, we shall not allow the enemy to have a free reign. We shall not allow the enemy to have a free reign. Now, I, I, I wonder whether there is someone here who needs to be prayed for because of an imprint of evil in your life? Is there someone here who the enemy has, has burdened you with chronic depression? Burdened your family with chronic depression? Come let us pray with you. Come let us pray with you. There is a cloud on your head. There is a cloud on your head. Every time you try to lift up that head, it refuses to go up. Come let us pray with you. I don't know whether you're here. You're here. Come, come, come. Please come. Let us pray with you. This is a day. This is the last day that the enemy shall oppress you. This is the last day that the enemy shall oppress you with chronic depression. Today, God declares himself as a lifter of your head. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you are going to be lifted. By the power of the Holy Spirit, there is going to be breakthrough in your life. There is no more chronic depression in your life. 
there is someone. Come on, come. Come. I know you have not all come. Do not be ashamed. God wants to push back. God wants to cut off the thread of the enemy in your life. God wants to cut it off. It is not your portion. It is not your portion. Oh, he declares himself to be the lifter of your head. Today he shall lift your head. It is not your portion. Come on, church, let's pray for them. Let's pray. Let's, let's raise up a sound in heaven. No person in Rivers Church shall experience chronic depression again. God, who is a lifter of heads, shall come and deliver his people. No person in Rivers Church shall experience this again. God, you are the lifter of heads. You are the breaker of chains. You are the lifter of burdens. Today, Lord, lift up the burden in your people's life. Let them experience the joy of the Lord. Let them experience the joy of the Lord. Let them experience the lifting of the Lord. Let them experience a joy that translates all seasons. That in good times and in bad, their heads shall be lifted because they are under your shepherding. Oh, this is the last time that the enemy shall have a free reign in the lives of your children. In the lives of your children. Come and pray for someone in your family. Or you can come as a point of contact for someone in your family who you know, who you know, you are sure that what they are going through is the work of the enemy. You have a brother who has been bound in an addiction. You have tried rehab after rehab, but this thing has refused to go. God wants to set you free today. God wants to set them free today. You have called pastor after pastor. Today we want to trust the power of God, the power that saves, the power that delivers, the power that cuts off the chain of the enemy, the power that breaks free from the bondage, from the jail, from the chains that he has set us in. Today we want to release that power to you and your family in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, pray, church. Pray for them. Pray for yourself. We still have time. Pray. Pray. Let there be a groan from the inside of you. Romans chapter 8, 24 says that we know not how to pray, but the Spirit intercedes for us and groans and tears. Join the Spirit in groaning for yourself. The enemy shall not have a free reign in your life. The enemy shall not have a free reign in your life. Oh, Father, may you hear the groans of your children. May you hear the groans of your people. Today we are cutting off patterns. We are cutting off patterns from our family. We are cutting off patterns from our life. We are cutting off sins that so easily beset us that every time they come our way, we are not able to push back. We are cutting off, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We are cutting off, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We are cutting off, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, release your grace to your people. In the name of Jesus, release your grace to your people. In the name of Jesus, let there be a grace for release today. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 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 Let me call one last person or people here. Let me call one last person or people here. You are here and when I talk about witchcraft, you know it all too well. Because it has been practiced in your family. When I talk about sorcery, you know it all too well. Because it has been practiced in your family. 
God wants to change your heritage. God wants to change your lineage. That from this day onwards, only righteousness shall be birthed from your family because of you. That you shall be the last person. You shall be the point that that imprint of evil shall be cut off from your family. Are you here and that is you just come and let me pray for you. We want to break. We want to break. We want to break. We want to break. We want to secure the future of your children. Come. 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 Come to the altar. Come to the altar. Come to the altar. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For you are the lifter of the burdens of men. You are the breaker of chains. We have come to you, Lord. We are weary and heavy burdened. And we know just as you are true to your word, today you have given us rest, oh God. I pray that let this be the day that your children shall experience joy down deep in their soul that is brought by the Holy Spirit. That no day in future shall the enemy destroy their countenance. O thou, O Lord, shall be our shield. O thou, O Lord, shall be the lifter of heads for the people in Rivers Church in the name of Jesus. Thank you for those chains of witchcraft that have been broken. I speak to that family today. You shall start seeing apostles, prophets, bishops that no more shall you be called Mara or Rahab the prostitutes, but you shall be included in the lineage of God in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, I pray, I pray, I pray, I pray today. I pray for your sons and daughters. That, Lord, you shall remind us of the mountains that you have called us unto to conquer. Today we declare that we are going to live for more than bread. That Rivers Church shall be an apostolic center where we commission men to take mountains. We commission men to push back darkness. We commission men to bring solutions to the world. Lift up your hands as someone who's receiving a commission. As a servant of God, I release a commission to you today by the power of the Holy Spirit that God shall enlighten you into the area that he has called you to push back the darkness. That God shall give you the boldness to know that the spirit of God that dwells on the inside of you gives you the courage to stand in front of the enemy and say enough is enough. That this is the last day your imprint shall be in my life. That this is the last day your imprint shall be in my family. This is the last day, O oh enemy. Your imprint shall be in my life. Receive a commission today in the name of Jesus. Receive a baptism of the Holy Ghost. Receive a fire from the Holy Spirit. Receive a boldness from the Holy Spirit. An ability to walk into places that you have not walked in before with a courage, with an audacious confidence. Because greater is he that lives in the inside of you. Because he who shepherds you has promise to fight for you because the power that raised Christ from the dead is in the inside of you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.